It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Hello, welcome to Time Enough Podcast. It's where we get into episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt here, Mark Malik there. Hi, I'm here for a um, hundred years ago. That would be nice. So you, you got flappers? All over the place, baby. I'm <laughs> flapping. My gums are flapping everywhere. What year did the Great Gatsby take place? Uh, I am the Great Gatsby. <laughs> So what I went into a cave. Place? What year? Twenty twenty. Nineteen twenty three. Okay, you don't know that, do you? Nineteen twenty three. I'm just wondering if it's I like earlier or later twenties, or yeah, yeah. If I was like really, really not much fun, then I would just instead of lying about it, I would look it up. Mm-hmm. Now but, I am, you know, deathly. Nineteen twenty five. Very close. Very close. We should have waited two years to do this podcast, even though that doesn't really make sense because this is uh this episode is what 1961 to um, 2061 drop it back into the feed two years from now <laughs> but it has I hate nothing it. to do with this I episode that. yeah okay yeah. trivia yo original air date was april 21st 1961 and the script is a surling one justice addis directed and his resume mostly consists of three twilight zones along with a baker's dozen of Rawhide and the Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea TV series. Simon Oakland played De Cruz while he had quite a career in TV movies. If you wanted to impress someone, you'd cite his film roles in West Side Story, Psycho, The Sand Pebbles, and Bullet. You say that fast, right? You can't be like, Bullet. It's Bullet. Have you ever played Enter the Gungeon? The Gungeon? The gungeon, it's a dungeon full of guns. You can get a gun that shoots, that is the word gun, and when it shoots bullets, it goes, bullet, bullet. What is the one where all the weapons talk to you and make dirty jokes and stuff? High on life? Yeah, that's right. That's what I I haven't played it yet. Okay. Where were we? Farwell was Oscar, excuse me, was Oscar Beregi? I I didn't check his, B-E-R-E-G-I, Beregi, I guess. Hmm. He had small roles in films such as Judgment and Nuremberg, My Fair Lady and Young Frankenstein along with TV appearances and shows ranging from The Monkeys and Green Acres to Mission Impossible and Batman. His main claim to fame probably is The Twilight Zone though and we'll see him again in Mute and Death's Head Revisited. I think he gets to be a Nazi Mm. in that one. Good for him. He's almost a Nazi in this one isn't he? Well he's like a Operation Paperclip scientist right? Yep. Kind of guy. Yeah. yeah he, a, those were even, Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Gallo gets a few lines as Brooks, and John Mitchum gets even fewer as Irby. The latter does stand out a touch by being the younger brother of film legend Robert Mitchum. He hmm. put his name in Velvet Underground songs. 
Mm. But not but not not John Mitchum. He didn't make it. Maybe on one of the Doug Yule albums. He, he must have he must have been in a glass box that got hit by a rock and then turned into a skeleton so he couldn't make it. Yeah, that that's how he passed away a few years ago. Or whenever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, so the Rip Van Winkle caper. Now for me, I'm just like if next time I visit America, I should get like a full-on Rip Van Winkle experience, right? It's been like, what, 12 years since I've been in the States? 100 years. Well, if I can, yeah, okay, maybe I could weigh another 88. But uh, <laughs> how long was I don't it know. Rip Van Winkle? Do you remember? I think it was longer than that. It'll probably be like when I visited Miami in 2011 when I hadn't been since 1987. And I was trying to trying to find where the hotel I stayed at as a kid was and could not find it. I yeah, that's find, not very likely. The only thing I could find was like the 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 little people mover downtown still was sort of in the same place. Yeah, because it's Jap- a train system, and they don't really they don't really just move those. So you know, um, no, yesterday on Japanese TV, there's like this thirty minute segment of this middle aged to old dude who wanted to find like the place he was born in. So he's taking a film crew out into the uh, into the forests um spoiler they don't find his birth home <laughs> oh no it was it was like you know that Geraldo Rivera thing where he's going in um uh Al Capone's vault or something I heard I don't know if this is true or not but I heard it was something like no one can quite find where the original evil dead cabin is and no one's sure if it's it was torn down or not would exist in a slightly parallel dimension to ours I mean, it just got sucked through a portal and it went to 1855 or something. Or wait, no, that was like... 2055. We'll put it in the future. They're 855, whatever, middle ages. Way in the past. They never said the the year. Right. Oh, oh, you're thinking of the Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I guess they didn't say the year. Oh, well. Um, They didn't have calendars yet, so nobody knew what year it was. Is this caper properly Rip Van Winkle? I would call this episode I shot an arrow into the future. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, it is a little similar to that, but uh, <laughs> I guess before we get too deep, um, here is your prologue to prologue with. All right. Not I only scientist. see... Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I was like, I only see half of it, but I had to move things around oh, okay. manually. Uh, introducing four experts in the questionable art of crime. Mr. Farwell, expert on noxious gases, former professor with a doctorate in both chemistry and physics. Mr. Irby, expert in mechanical engineering. Mr. Brooks, expert in the use of firearms and other weaponry. And Mr. DeCruz, expert in demolition and various forms of destruction. The time is now and the place is a mountain cave in Death Valley, USA. In just a moment, these four men will utilize the services of a truck placed in Cosmoline, loaded with a hot heist cooled off by a century of sleep, and then take a drive into the Twilight Zone. It's kind of like you started off like on an almost McGruff the Crime Dog, and then you just kind of went into like a old newsy accent, and then you just talked in your own voice for a bit. And by the end, you gotten back to doing just a touch of McGruff. My thought, it, my immediate gut, thought was uh, i'm gonna do richard nixon but that just didn't work out <laughs> okay I'm, I'm gonna go in and try my mcgruff then introducing four experts in the questionable art of crime is that it's kind of yeah you should be mcgruff there's a little nixon in there too 
I, I heard I think McGruff that, was Nixon. Yeah, I heard recently that the uh, guy that voiced McGruff like insisted on doing it like into his nineties. I think I heard that too. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's like you, no, he's got it, man. You, he'll, he'll, he will come and kill you if you do, if you get a if you get a scab. They won't do it right. <laughs> anyway, you just gotta you know that that level of commitment because you know James Earl Jones people want him to do uh, Darth Vader in his nineties, but I'm not sure. I mean, it's great that the McGruff guy kept doing it that long, but you know, I don't well, know if anyone was clamoring for it. I don't know if you knew this, but James Earl Jones is not doing Darth Vader anymore. It's a computer. Computer Vader. Okay. Yeah, they just said they did the they did the uh Roger Ebert thing where they sampled his voice and have a uh text to speech that just sounds a lot like him. I mean it's not like he really has a wide range of vocabulary. I mean it's like say something ominous. Say something ominous. Fool, I put my sandwich in the refrigerator. But Darth Vader wouldn't say that. He doesn't care about refrigerators <laughs> exactly, or sandwiches. Exactly. So you don't I immediately just words. jumped over the line. <laughs> um, I was thinking Don't there's... touch my sandwich. Right. I, I guess it didn't even sound like Darth Vader. I wasn't even trying. And why would he he doesn't how's he gonna eat the sandwich? Soon. Does he Soon like... I will hit your dog with my car. Would he just stick it into like one of the pipes in his suit or something? I mean, he doesn't really have an accessible mouth to eat the sandwich. I think he just eats like burned animals. No, he eats baby food like RoboCop. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Badass thought, robots. Maybe they just food. maybe they just shoot him with plasma and he just absorbs electricity for for Badass cyborgs. That, <laughs> he just cool. charges his batteries. Well, actually, he's nourished by his Bakta tank at his lair. Yeah, he, he eats Bakta. Okay, there. He sucks he Bakta all day long. <laughs> I don't know if Bakta is Bakta right. I don't know. Anyway, this here they just have glass someone will, cases. They keep someone will simple. tweet at you if Twitter still exists when you put this <laughs> episode up. Yeah. So these guys just have nice glass cases. They're just like museum pieces. This starts out. I was so excited for this the at the beginning. I thought until it just turned into a bunch of guys in the desert, I was very like, this is what, what I'm into is I love the, uh, the, uh, tension of, but it was also just sort of great evidence that people who rob banks have poor impulse control because they're just like, I don't know, let's just go into the future. I don't know. Sure. Well, there's no, I remember they say, proven, like, I guess, no, they say they're just going to trust, um, Farwell's plan. And right. it's and it's almost a miracle that only one of the four of them died, right? Oh yeah, because like, that's a that is a rule of science fiction. If there is cryogenics, at least one of them does not make it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, uh, except for Buck Rogers. But there was only one of them, so it's like if there's one of them, they'll make it. No, if there's um, more than one. Wait, sorry, I'm talking about I'm talking about thirty serial because they oh. are they they um are crashing their dirigible. And Buck Rogers lets the experimental gas go because they're like buried in the snow and this will save time for them to save us. But it takes 500 years. And he's got his little buddy. And uh, oh, geez, I don't remember what his name is. All I can think of is Bucky, but that's probably wrong. Or they just use that name in more than one franchise. I'm not sure. Mm, no Bucky's Robin. in here, though. They all kind of suck it, right? No. <laughs> yeah, they, they have a dumb plan. It's it kind of 
maybe snuffs out a little bit of the irony considering that they have a dumb plan and they're the the guy who's smart enough to engineer a way to freeze them for a hundred years was so dumb that he forgot his canteen well you might be a little woozy after sleeping for a hundred years the other guy got his canteen and then then the guy who has the gold uh, Mr. DeCruz is so dumb that he doesn't think that, that yes, he think he thinks DeCruz is stupid enough that he doesn't think that that uh Farwell will murder him if he doesn't push him if he pushes him far enough, which well, you know he's a sweaty little fat man. Sweaty little yeah, he's kind of short. Okay, sweaty little fat man. You you know, he might have not felt and and remember he was a scientist and DeCruz was a thug. He's probably like, I can take care of this guy. He couldn't, some, but he thought maybe he thought he might. There's something about when you start murdering people and you just think that nobody's going to murder you that's like kind of inherently stupid. <laughs> I, I should I note, <laughs> I, I think this episode generally is fun to watch, but yeah, there there is a lot of um, things to kind of poke at it with. It's, you know? it's fun to watch, but yeah, it's just everyone, it's just basically the Darwin, like Darwin Awards being handed out the whole time. <laughs> You get and, a, the, and then you gold. get, oh, it turns out that their gold was worthless, which I think most of us really suspected, <laughs> strongly suspected the whole time that either, either the gold is going to be worthless or, um, or all the, the humans are gone or they were going to be like monsters or something. I, well, they, they do posit those things. They think of like, is, has there been a war and, oh, there's some jets there. So mm -hmm. we still have that. Um, obviously someone's around. So they, they think monsters about flying bit. jets. They just don't think about the fact that their gold would be worthless and props from Forbidden Planet would be priceless. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I did really appreciate the cameo. From I always do. The, 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 when the car showed up, I was just like, whoa, cool. And that's one of the best um, future cars ever. Uh, something that they did not do, which they really should have. I, I thought the future people, um, the Matt George and his wife at the end, should have had like gold grills on their teeth. <laughs> yeah, that would have been Under just car. like, just like take I don't know, have like gold just stuck to their wheel of their car, and just like ah, this just what's all these bricks doing here? They already modified the car a little bit. They should have just painted that gold, so you think that the car was made of gold. <laughs> well, if they painted the car gold, would we have known? Um, when black, they could be like, let's get in. Get into my gold car. <laughs> this car is gold. To. Let's get back into our golden car that is gold. <laughs> why is this? Yeah. Why is this car material and bricks here? I don't know. We have like someone aluminum. handed. If someone handed you a bar of chrome, you'd be like, whatever. You know, take this bar of chrome. Save me. <laughs> you know, but but it's like as usual. No matter how kind of. Uh, I don't want to use the word trite, but whatever, however trite the whole thing unfolds, the message there is solid in that, you know, gold is valuable because we decided it's valuable. It's like you could definitely replace that with diamonds and, and yeah, diamonds have is a valuable. whole other the story. The Beers family decided it was valuable, right? <laughs> yeah, because they decided that if they kill enough people in their minds, the, the, the diamonds. I, I saw a billboard recently that said we grow diamonds in a lab, but I have no idea what that's going to do. That's probably just glue that's been hardened. <laughs> I don't know. Hardened glue. I don't know. Fool's diamonds. I, I hope nobody ever expects me to get them a diamond. That could, that could be another fun ending where at the end, you know, the future people have a scanner and they're like, that bar's just pyrite. 
<laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> or like cool they, idea. they're just like, what if they just took the gold bar and they just like took a bite out of it and was like, why are these snacks here? This guy was just gonna give me this this snack. Like everyone they, has metal teeth and they eat that, gold. Exactly. That's why they eat gold <laughs> grills. <laughs> but, so okay, my main thing is George and his wife needed gold grills, and that's a problem. True. They should have all had like the mouth from Jaws from Moonraker, and they should have all eaten the gold bars. That would have been a much better ending. And and I do like that the thugs are all like you know once they're in twenty sixty one they're in like hipster clothes right. It's like yeah, that, like, like it we worked. In the beginning. I said you got flappers right. You know, it's like if you were dressing like in a zoot suit. That's you could do that now. Yeah, I'm pretty but sure you, that as time goes by, you will be able to wear more clothes, not less. No, I'm just saying, like, you'd be like a full on hipster in your zoot suit now, though, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. So these guys would be kind of like that, too. Much like the guy in, uh, what was it last week? 200 yards over the rim? 100. But he, I think 100. he went 200. I think he but, went 200 yards past that. Sure. But he shows up in the, the, the top hat holding a rifle, and I'm just like, oh, that I've seen that guy at a bar. <laughs> like he's missing the fancy mustache but yeah i've, I've you know it works. He should have been wearing that hat in spider-man wait he was in spider-man that was uncle ben i'm sure i said that last week but i didn't hear your episode yet because you haven't put it up yet i don't think that's right no i was just wondering if you recognize i watched uh, i watched ben the episode there. no okay there have been so many again. there have been like 15 uncle ben's i don't know I think, one of the I think he's the most iconic Uncle Ben, though, because he was in the, the Raimi one, right? I mean, every Uncle Ben is is alive for approximately three minutes in a Spider-Man movie. I think the newest one doesn't even have an Uncle Ben. Right, right, yeah. He's just stuck on the rice box, I guess. Yep, stuck in the rice box. Did they change that? Is that, one, is that one of the things they changed? Because I know Amer a lot of American foods have had to, like, you know, the Land of Lakes got rid of its uh, uh, native person on it right i'm not 100 percent sure but i think yeah you may be right they may not have a guy on it anymore i mean from japan i don't know i i have a super offensive washcloth downstairs mm. in japan it's not just in america it is <laughs> japan it's like anime uncle ben like holding a holding a giant sword oh you uh, i went to hokkaido a few years ago and um we went to the soup curry place and there was a mm -hmm. statue outside I took a picture of it and decided I can't post this to Facebook. Whoa. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it basically looks like Sambo serving you curry. Oh, man. <laughs> and that's, that was 2019 in Hokkaido, right? So, you know, they don't notice in Japan because they don't notice, that's, right? That's it's especially just... funny because, like, the lineage of how curry got to Japan has absolutely nothing to do with the U.S. whatsoever. Yeah, well, um, we went to a place. It was like Yaki Curry. Like mm -hmm. something you'd never get in America, but then the place was like heavily American themed, like with James Dean and Marilyn Monroe posters and car stuff and license plates. And it's like you wouldn't eat this in America. <laughs> I think it's just like whatever the whatever the guy's into who owns the restaurant. I mean, my daughter really know. liked it though. Well, no, I think they're like, oh, we're serving it like a skillet, right? So it feels like yeah. old westy, except we don't put curry in skillets. I think that would be like you know you'd have like grilled steak or something. Yeah, I mean we. I feel like we didn't even get curry until we barely, I, I don't know, the last 30 years or something. Like, I don't think I didn't even eat Indian or Thai food until like the probably late 90s. Oh, and in, important, in a big city. 
an important thing from a uh, 1961 to 2061. They just parked their car outside. You know, Google Earth <laughs> is going to find that. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing, nothing about that makes sense. Like, if you're in land, if you're inside of a piece of land that doesn't get developed over a hundred years, that's just uh, maybe that's it's valley, different in the realistic. desert. Okay, yeah, okay. I, I'm always just thinking like it would be much more likely to be like the time machine where a bunch of stuff happens all around you. But yeah, I guess I wonder what time of year they came out of their um their hobbit hole or whatever i guess it's not really a hobbit hole but because i i think of death valley being like very pleasant but that's because i was there on like january 2nd <laughs> well if their plan was smart it probably was around then so we could assume it was probably july yeah well he does make the um you know he doesn't know exactly how long it's going to take or last he does snap decide it's 2061 though which seems kind of like you know a weird and I wasn't entirely clear on this, but didn't DeCruz just use the car to kill, to just murder Brooks and then throw it in a ditch for practically no reason? Yeah, it seemed to happen like awfully had a car. fast. Yeah. They had a car. I, I, I didn't even understand what exactly happened <laughs> <laughs> but or why. It just was like DeCruz is just being evil. Yeah. Here, but also, place... if they had the car, they would have gotten out of there okay. <laughs> like they would have been fine. Well, I, I will say one place I came on too strong is that I wrote, if you tried to spend 1920s cash now, it'd be awfully suspicious. Um, <laughs> of course, they had gold, which, well, it did date, but you could think that might not date as it hadn't dated in the past you know, millennium, right? But, well, it um, didn't. If they're driving into town in a 1960 ford that's going to be awfully suspicious as well so there is a, there is a thought to they could probably get across the mm. desert first and see what happens i don't know but driving that car on a public road would have been suspicious in 2061 well knowing even knowing what we know now most likely in 2061 gas-powered vehicles will not be legal Will they hope? Hopefully, they someone filled up the tank. But with this crew, maybe they didn't. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking in terms of what would make it suspicious. Like there, if we didn't, if we didn't outlaw gas-powered vehicles, which I mean, we we still might. There might still be 1960s cars that exist in 2061. Who knows? Yeah, there's but, still some now. I mean, if you but if you see one on the road now, you're like, whoa, look at that. You know. Like yeah, out. but you're not. But when you see that, you're not. You're not like, "Whoa, look at that!" I wonder if those people are criminals who robbed a bank a hundred years ago. You're just like, "Oh, cool." Okay, good point. You know what I mean, I don't think people are like looking for them anymore, which makes their plan kind of more ridiculous. Well, the first part of the plan, we're going to put everyone on the train to sleep. That that worked perfectly, right? That's reasonable mm -hmm. in sci-fi land. Um, yeah. The the next part of the plan should be let's screw off to Tahiti, probably, but that's not what they did. <laughs> yeah it's like almost any plan would have been better than let's suspend animation because again 25 percent survival rate is not a they're not that's not great odds like, i i i think this episode could have been restructured and this is probably a budget thing but it's kind of like watching a heist flick where nobody plans the you don't see them plan it you don't see them do it <laughs> and now you're just in the aftermath which also, is when the complications happen in a heist film, but you kind of need those first parts to get there. Now I feel like I have to say I meant seventy-five percent survival rate, not twenty-five percent. Twenty-five percent mortality rate. Oh, 
Well, this someone's mad, and I just wanted to make them feel better by saying correcting okay. myself. Uh, this this plan is a one hundred percent death rate. Yeah. So <laughs> it did have a one hundred percent mortality rate because they were allowed to be themselves. They did their <laughs> they did their thing. They're much better at robbing banks than they are at time trains, traveling. Trains are robbing the trains. Train. Did I not say trains? You said bank. Okay. Same idea. Again, we didn't see the heist, right. did we? Train. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what if the what if Not the first memorable. five minutes of this were planning? Next five minutes were the heist, and then we get this convoluted, weird plan. And the the desert thing is just like kind of a the you know like a three minute twist at the end instead of like fifteen minutes of the episode. Well. There's this thing called we saved a bunch of money by not showing the bank the train. <laughs> I keep saying bank. Um, yeah, they saved a ton of money. It's like they would have they would have it would have cost less to do a bunch of sci-fi stuff than to do a train robbery. <laughs> yeah, okay. That, or they could just rob a bank in this case, you know, because you got I mean, the standing that too. sets. I mean, it doesn't have to be a train. It could be a bank, and they just put everyone in the bank to sleep and uh, get the gold and and things play out as is. But yeah, there. There was just too. This is one of those that just had too much in the middle, I think, and too much of it was, was, uh, I don't know. De Cruz kind of annoyed me because he was the this version of representation where he was just a guy who talked like Mo Howard and sometimes inserted Spanish phrases. It's just uh, like, "Ay Dios mío, hey you guys, let's get this," <laughs> you know, it was like that. What if, um, Ernie, Ermy, what was his name? Irby? Irby. What, I mean, he could be just some, he could be, you know, um, Robert Mitchum's brother still or whatever. And then the okay. other guys are played by the Three Stooges. You'd have Falwell would be Larry, like you said, the Cruz would be Mo, and um, well, I, I guess the other guy would need to be Shemp, because he, get, he gets killed really fast. I mean, <laughs> I would love that. That would have been Shemp like, anyway. Or was it that Curly been by then? That would have been revolutionary, and it's like something that they would absolutely do now, but I've never... I've never heard of any like comedy team doing a thing like that. Like, is there any precedent for that? Is there any, was there ever like a thing where they just took, uh, I mean, the, the, the best example I could think of was like the Harlem Globetrotters in Futurama. And I don't think that any of the, I could be wrong, but I don't think any of the Harlem Globetrotters were doing their own vo voices. Those I are other guys. Don't like voice actors. Oh, I do remember that episode now that you bring it up, but uh, I certainly don't remember who's doing the voices. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, when I'm thinking of this episode and like just plugging in, um, you know, Larry, Mo, and and somebody else. I, in 1961, you're definitely not getting Curly Joe. Curly. You could get Curly. Yeah, I think Shemp was actually dead by this point, wasn't he? <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, you get you get Curly Joe and just hate yourself because you have to watch Curly Joe for like two minutes. He'd be the first. I'm put, I'm <laughs> yeah, putting, he's the first one out. <laughs> I'm putting him in the uh, vehicular homicide role. So I mean, just, that would be incredible. Uh, that would be that would make this episode like a complete classic if they just did that. Um, oh, you're asking not a comedy team, but I guess Punch Drunk Love would be an example of plugging the comedy guy into a dramatic situation to weird effect. Yeah, but that's modern. So it's I'm just talking about like, well, that's vintage, that's, similar that's, vintage. That's like 20 years ago now. It's kind of. Yeah, modern. modern. Yeah. We're, we're we're dealing with 60 years ago right now. <laughs> yeah, if you'd forgotten. And I think we said before, I, I think you mentioned I shot an arrow, right? And I believe yeah. that 
the main guy in that was generally a comedic actor, which might be one of the reasons that episode worked better. Because, you know, mm. comedy and menace are like pretty close cousins. Yeah, so that guy for sure. Was more, so that guy was more menacing than um, than the Cruz. The King Nine from Outer Space guy was. Wait, what? I'm, I just said a bunch of words together. Uh, King Nine will not return. <laughs> That's <laughs> just said a bunch of words. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I have brain fog. Um, yeah, King Nine will not return. A guy was a comedic actor, not when I knew, but he was one. So yeah. I so I mean obviously that's not a comedy team so yeah would have but you know by 61 the stooges would have been like tv at best right so i don't even know i don't even it would have taken the paycheck it would have been a late career the highlight. marx brothers can you put the uh, marx brothers in this is chico dead yet i mean groucho's still kicking but he at this point he yeah i think they're a little older if i remember yeah. correctly so they might have actually been like too old to pull this off Maybe the Stooges were too. Hmm. So I, I'm not. Well, I'm not like really full on my Stooges history. I guess. I, if yeah, I want to, De Cruz was this combination of just reminded me of Mo Howard and the that whole thing where he's obviously like not a Latin person and and also kind of just a he was a good bad guy. Okay, I definitely okay. Didn't trust him ever. <laughs> So just so everyone knows, uh, they they were active until 1970. I'm looking at a 1959 picture. Curly Joe would have been the Stooge, and they would have been, yeah, they're 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 old, but they would have matched, basically matched these guys' ages. So we need to travel 100 years back in time uh, using some kind of gas and and do that retrofit for this episode. I think. I bet it would be something like. The Stooges would want too much money, and then NBC. Wait, not 1960. Oh, CBS. Actually, oh, actually, you're right. Throughout the early 1960s, the Stooges were one of the most popular and highest-paid live acts in America. So they weren't really doing so many movies, but they were, um, you know, raking it in at uh, theaters and summer festivals and stuff. Well, there you go. Okay. I mean, you had Don Rickles a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Okay, we got to erase the stooge. Yeah, there's a good example. Yeah, I mean, because he's definitely a comedian. I mean, he's he's what, Mr. Potato Head, is it? I was really confused because I was trying to make the time work. Like, was Don Rickles this? Because he looked a little on the older side, and I was like, is this too old to be Don Rickles? But I just... No, yeah, he just, just he's one like of those... Older guy. Yeah, he's just one of those dudes that was born old, you know? Yeah. Um, so let's erase our, our comedians and just deal with the people we have in this <laughs> yeah, just, episode. No, I just, the, when the, I, in my mind version of this episode, no changes except for changing actors. I'm like, now I really like this episode. So just maybe yeah. the casting wasn't sparkly. sparkly yeah, enough. it wasn't. Um, well, you'd have to put well, a little bit of like, yeah, 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 no, and eye pokes and stuff too. But yeah. Yeah. Well, Farwell wasn't, Farwell's accent wasn't. I assume that's not a real German person. His accent was a little half-hearted too. It just <laughs> felt like they were just trying to throw in, throw in stereotypes out there. I thought he looked kind of like Q, John Delancey. What do you think? Eh, maybe just a little bit. Okay, that's neither here nor there. But um, in this episode, the funny thing is, I've seen a lot of pictures of John Delancey's father because I used to work in an oboe repair shop, and he was like one of the like most 
important oboists in the world at the time in the 90s and he looked oh. a lot like john delancey jr oh okay they looked that's very a, very similar <laughs> that's a fun fact i didn't know that yeah there you go i remember it's something at some point his oboe made its way into the shop and everyone was calling it q right that's fun yeah i like that <laughs> um getting to the questions in this episode who went through the twilight zone i'm gonna say the person who went through the twilight zone is irby why He's, because he, he died while exactly how weird is that he might have died in like 2005 He's dying right now. He, the, the the rock just hit his his. If you think about case. it, yeah. If you really think about it, do you ever think about how crazy it would be if you died in space and the afterlife reflected that somehow? Like if you're in like space heaven. <laughs> so if there is an afterlife, then Sp space died, event horizon. Then he died in a a time that where he had absolutely no relation to to anything. He had no idea what what anything was like he had would have nothing in common with anyone who died at the same time he did he's, so Irby, he's entering heaven with aaron carter and he's like what's up with this dude yeah he would be so baffled by it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so, uh, he's he's see, he sees queen elizabeth who's like well queen elizabeth weren't you a lot younger just to throw it out aaron carter i just threw him out because he'd be going to heaven with someone with face tattoos that that was my main yeah, of course. Thought. So no, 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 like, no statement on at the same the guy time. I was himself. like, oh, that's sad. Well, it's a little sad because, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. the guy from 1961 is suddenly going into heaven with a dude with face tattoos would be a shocker, maybe, or maybe with gangsta boo. Oh, see, I was three six mafia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was going to suggest that um, the first two guys didn't really know what was happening enough to be in the twilight zone. I think the Twilight Zone mm -hmm. requires a bit of psychological torture, maybe, which Irby doesn't mm -hmm. get. Maybe on the other side, he gets. Well, that's maybe not psychological torture if it's uh, unless he gets. No one. Oh, that would be torturous. You could make the case that nobody goes to the Twilight Zone, or or maybe the the couple at the end goes to the Twilight Zone because the experience that everyone had um, post uh, cryostasis is just the exact experience they could have had in 1961 in Death Valley. Well, to Cruz, I think you could say like so. The the professor was he a professor? They called him Mister. Anyway, he he knew some science. He was stuff. the expert in demolition and various forms of destruction. So he was just like a guy who blew things up. I I have to keep saying demolition because that's what Rod Serling said. Okay. <laughs> anyway, like he's just basically a demolition expert thug guy, right? So yeah, I think he I just blows up wall the wall of the blows up the train. I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know how much they blew up on the train, but he must have done something. Yeah. Well, they they blew the cave entrance, right? Is that what it was? I think yeah. He was supposed to. There there was some talk of him supposed to blow up all the vehicles, but I don't think he did because there was still a car there. A anyway, like, uh, Falwell knew what he was doing, so he knew what. Farwell. Not Jerry Falwell. It's I say, Mr. I, Farwell. Farwell. Falwell. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but they're both cool guys. Sure. <laughs> Jerry Falwell deserves to go into the Twilight Zone. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, the bad version. Uh, yeah. Farwell. He knew Farwell. what he was doing the whole time. He knew what results were likely to happen. So 
this is just him doing weird science where the crews did not know this was the plan until the cave entrance was blown. And he's like, okay, get in the case. So that is well, a pretty Twilight Zone thing of being confronted by that kind of insanity and then having to deal with it. The fact that he's kind of a prick is neither here nor there, but just the situation of you're confronted with a sudden weird situation. I think I'd be willing to put him into the Twilight. Well, all three of those guys I, to an extent. That's the most... Yeah, that's probably the most logical answer because, but I would put forth that Farwell at least a couple of times seemed to not be sure that his own experiment worked because he was like, wait, oh, I don't, wait, no, actually, we shouldn't have beards. Like What's he like, sort of oh, went back and forth on it. Yeah, he was just, he was trying to look for evidence, even though he was supposedly knew how any of it, any of it worked, which I'd, I think he stole this technology from someone else. <laughs> from the Buck Rogers uh, guy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he stole it from the guys who made Primer. It was just, this was kind of like dumb Primer. <laughs> dumb Primer. <laughs> <laughs> what if this episode was just called Dumb Primer? <laughs> be, and with the Three Stooges, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dumb Primer featuring the Three Stooges. <laughs> I'm telling you, this could have been the one of the best episodes ever with a few tweaks. <laughs> there's still like, there's still stuff to like about the framework, you know, like the car at the end was cool. <laughs> the, the glass boxes looked cool. I think they look cool. Oh, they were awesome. Yeah. But don't yeah. make the top glass because obviously there's complications when you want to do it in a cave. And there, there's something, there's something to be said about the, uh, the exciting tension when you're watching people plan out some sci-fi thing and, about to go into the space or go into the future. I'd never seen this episode before, so it was exciting to me at least. But it was kind of fun with uh, Farwell being, you know, like you said, he's wishy-washy. He's like, oh, well, it's mm -hmm. too bad Irby's dead, but that proves that this worked. Kind <laughs> exactly. Of, you know, 70, like you said, 75% <laughs> worked. He's a skeleton. <laughs> See? Everything's great. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. Maybe that's where DeCruz just snaps and starts offing his capadres. I to Cruz seemed like he was planning to murder everyone before they even went into the like when when they showed that shot of the broken like glass I thought I almost thought that it was I was expecting to Cruz to break out of one of the of his like glass case and murder everyone his plan was to bugger off to Tahiti which would make him the smart one but yeah I mean I think he was the smart one. one he was just kind of not well he wasn't smart, that smart. Enough. Yeah, he yeah. should have just killed. He should have just killed Farwell. That would have been the only smart thing. The only <laughs> that's the only mistake he really made. But it was a fatal mistake. Well, he was having so much fun with his his little gold game. I guess. Also, come yeah. on, it's not, there's not that much <laughs> like, water in a canteen. <laughs> yeah, also with the amount of money they had, he could have just basically acted that way towards the help for the rest of his life <laughs> he got to where he was going you know what i mean it's like you have the rest of your life to be a jerk and also it's kind of like Har harwell is the only reason he even made it to the future he should have been maybe a little bit nicer to him <laughs> like it did kind of owe him and farwell himself he should have like maybe worked out a little bit you know the couple weeks before the scheme mm-hmm like just get yourself in like a little better, you know, get yourself in heist shape. Because <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't even get past how dumb it was for not just not to bring a canteen or for them not to bring several canteens. It was Death Death Valley, <laughs> yeah. Death Valley, and the did they Honest think that they were, yeah, did they think they were going to leave and there's just going to be like a city there in 2061? Maybe they did. I don't know. Yeah, 
But um, yeah, because he looks like he's just falling over like after an hour, you know, which that's yeah, that's that's it didn't take because literally like it's gonna take four hours to hike to a town, which I mean I don't know. Like I said, I was in Death Valley on January second, so. I didn't experience July, but uh, yeah, I'm being hey, do from it at night. the south. Use yeah, nighttime. being <laughs> being in the south, you know, like where it gets ninety degrees pretty frequently in the summer. I think I could make a four hour hike without being on death's door. If they had waited till night, they would have been too cold. I guess. Okay, wait. wait. It's just it, 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 it is one of those where the the plot required everyone to be super dumb for it to move forward to to the logical conclusion where everyone's dead yeah so yeah like so i they decided he stole the gas he's, there he's was clearly stupid. a decision the decision made was we don't want to have one of them find out their gold is useless and just go like no they just had to kill them off so that you you the audience got were fed the uh information which was probably a good decision <laughs> So yeah, I mean, again, it's a fun episode, but it, it, it we're gonna call this a dumb episode, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, but it's a it's a dumb no, it's a dumb non com comedic episode. Yeah, it's a different dumb than Dingle, you know. Yeah, different dumb than Dingle, <laughs> dumb primer. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay, um, how about your tripometer on this one? Oh, um, I'm going to give this a two point two because i feel like that was roughly the percentage of the episode that was trippy was like less than half okay my math works a little differently i started out three because like you said the glass coffin things are so cool but mm -hmm. now that we've been chatting uh, just over the course of our chat and how dumb they are it's it's dropped down to a two glass coffins aren't good enough to um and of course, again, not quality rating. Uh, there's the glass coffin is like yeah. the only truly well that and the forbidden planet card, the only truly trippy things I think in this episode. I think the middle of it would have probably been better if I my anticipation wasn't built up so high by the beginning that I thought something something trippy would have happened. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to replace that. <laughs> <laughs> I my anticipation was built up too high, basically. Okay. And that's that's why the that's why the Death Valley stuff was disappointing. If maybe it had just opened maybe if it had just been that well, I don't think that would have been a better episode, to be honest. I will say <laughs> I in, think it, in in my mind, Three Stooges version of this, I like it a lot better, but that takes mm -hmm. the tripometer down to one. Because now yeah, it's just the three stooges episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because the three stooges already basically we know they're dumb. Much like the Marx Brothers, well, they they um they operate outside of time. If that makes any yeah. sense, the Three Stooges just show up wherever and whenever they're needed. I guess it's like Beavis and Butthead work the same way, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It's well, I'd say Beavis and Butthead get a little trippier, especially with that uh, recent movie. Well, yeah, they <laughs> they made a concerted effort to put the the effort they made to bring them into the modern era was itself very trippy and and very funny but you know that it's still that they still have always operated sort of in a like they show up wherever the story puts them that is true but yeah like Which, i love the marx brothers duck soup is like mm -hmm. easily in my top five movies ever but yeah. no nah, they're not trippy 
Well, I think duck soup is very trippy, but for Overly other reasons, trippy. non it's there. It's not trippy in a way that the twilight zone is trippy. It's just sort of like they operate on a lot of, um, or of a, huh. <laughs> or cartoon like, logic, cartoon or just, logic yeah, is the only way I can really put it. It's yeah, just I guess, basically, I guess there is a fair amount to trippiness and following, you know, Groucho's like, you know, weird verbal, um, ricochet, well yeah the the physical stuff too it's like like how like when someone's just talking to one of them and they just put their leg in their hand or whatever and they're holding their leg it's like that's the kind of thing that drugs will make you do (laughs) like whoa man why am i holding this guy's leg it's (laughs) it's like that though okay okay point taken so So i'm i'm just talking you i'm only talking you into moving the tripometer up for marx brothers movies and not this episode (laughs) (laughs) right um duck soup tripometer man i can't go above a 1.5 i'm safe one of my four. favorite movies ever okay i think it's four i think i, I think it's four. higher than i think it's higher than other marx brothers movies probably cause... it is higher than other marx brothers movies i mean come on um uh night the opera that gets like a 0.5 on the tripometer except for the stateroom scene i guess that's kind of weird but yeah, i'd weird. have that's to deduct i deduct every like musical scene from the total points percentage okay. So that's a great thing about the Twilight Zone. There's rarely a musical scene, so you rarely have to dock it for that. Have there been any, except for a passage for trumpet? Has that been the only like musical thing so far? Well, I was thinking the four of us are dying. Have him going around that weird, like stylized city oh, set for yeah. a while with Jerry Goldsmith's score. That's not really a musical scene, I guess, but yeah, yeah. And just I'm just thinking in terms of a scene where it's just full stop. Someone is just performing or singing. And we got three more seasons, so. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure it's coming, especially because, I don't know, I, I think Westerns are going to kind of go out of fashion, but musicals will stay, right, in the next I, few years, 60s? I guess. Uh, maybe. Do, do Westerns ever stop coming, or are they going to keep coming? <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, there is, um, uh, I, there's some big Western musical in the late 60s, and the name's escaping me. Blazing Saddles. No, no, no. That that's a, <laughs> this is like '68, and then they spent. It was one of those like CinemaScope. We we're going to spend too much money on it. Oklahoma. No, nah, that's not it. Uh, that's a little early. That's around this period, I think. So, mm. um, I loved see. Oklahoma when I was a kid. I was like, even though I only saw it like twice, but I absolutely loved it. <sighs> So that's okay. I'm, I don't think I'm going it, to, it's just one of those things where I like can almost remember the, the name of the thing, but I can't, but yeah, I don't really have time to focus on that at the moment. Do I? So yeah. I guess I'll just do the plug anyway. for this thing. If we're finished, anything else Rip you Van want Winkle to plug? I'm going to be asleep until when does this air? Uh, uh, you're making me grab papers again, man. You don't have, have to do that. I don't have anything going on. It's here. It's January 23rd. You only have to sleep for like wow. just under three weeks, not 100 years. I wish I could sleep for three weeks, but when I wake up, you can find me not on the internet. I don't know. I'm, we'll be somewhere. I, all that for nothing. I have nothing to plug right now. This is Time Enough Podcast. It might be that on Twitter. It pretty sure it's that on Facebook. Uh, we do Patreon stuff at Podcastio Podcastius, where you can hear the uncut versions of these where Mark's um, mic shorts out and we talk about synthesizers for 20 minutes at the Patreon Podcastio Podcastius. 
you can also I mean, if hear. you think about it, uh, mic shorting out is a synthesizer. Just yeah. plays one note. It's a really crappy one. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> one note. Mono note. Other podcasts we do: Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary about sci-fi movies. Luke loves Pokemon. You can figure that one out yourself. Monster Mash, which talks about Monster Hunter and the Game Game Show, a British style comedy panel thing with four guys yelling at each other. I kind of rephrased it today. I don't know if it's better or worse. I feel like calling calling it them yelling at each other is a little bit of a misnomer because they're usually just very savage, but in a normal speaking voice. Yeah, that's true. Okay, insulting each other. I'll work on my nomenclature there. <laughs> yeah, insults are insult is correct. I don't know about screaming. Okay, yelling. Mark, if you look to your left, you will see a red knob with an arrow. The arrow should be on lock. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Pushed it. Go ahead. Um, in 10 seconds, hit the green button, but I'm not going to count the 10 seconds for you, even though you can hear me. And you can talk back to me because there's an echo in the cave, but you're not talking to me. You're just banging on the case. Just don't, don't let a rock fall on me, please. Surprise. 